Hello, and welcome to Breaking the Mold, the podcast from the National Precast Concrete Association. Tune in every month as we dig into a different aspect of the precast concrete industry. I'm Joe Frollo, Director of Communications and Public Affairs. Today, we're going to be talking about workforce development, specifically how precast concrete facilities can wisely invest in their workers to improve both retention and production. We're going to start by talking with Mel Marshall, a longtime instructor for the NPCA Production Quality School. Later in the show, we'll hear from NPCA's Claude Cogan and Marty Harrell, who will discuss how the NPCA onboarding program came about and how it is designed to help facilities build out an orientation process that is both complete and efficient. Let's get started. Welcome to Breaking the Mold. We're talking with Mel Marshall today. Mel's a longtime NPCA member. He's a production and quality school instructor. In fact, he was one of the originators of the entire NPCA education program. Mel's also a mentor to many NPCA members, and he works with them on the importance of workforce development and an educated staff and training system. And welcome, Mel. It's great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here. Going all the way back to when you started with NPCA, why is it so important in your mind that you know employees don't just start out and you just kind of show them the production floor and say, there it is? You, you, you really got to get them, get them trained, get them used to what they're going to be doing day to day. And how did that all start with NPCA? Yeah, I think the, uh, there, there was a need, a real need to improve the quality of the industry. I know raising the bar is an old cliche, but uh, it really needed to happen. And so back, I guess, about 30 years ago, when we just before we uh, started with the certification program, uh, we tied in the education program with it. At that time, the only uh, formal education resource for uh, NPCA members was uh, Fundamentals of Concrete, which was put on by the Portland Cement Association, which was a good course, but it was really for ready mix. The NPCA recognized the need to have education uh, for for precasters, so that's really what started the whole thing off. And and we started with PQS one, and now look where it's gone. But I think because the the industry, the owners, association members all recognized that that we needed to improve the quality. I think we've come a long ways in quality because of the education system that we've now got. When you started, Mel, and certainly even when I started, um, you know, your, your orientation might be one hour. It might be the first day where you sort of learned your way around the plant. You got a tour. You saw where your desk was or you saw where your spot on the line was. And then you're on your merry way. What? What, why in your mind is it important to, to dive a little deeper with no employees? Let them feel about where they, they are within the culture as well as just the, the rules and the processes. Well, culture is huge. I think that's one of the, one of the things with um, just like safety. We have to create a culture uh, with, among the employees, and that, that's critical. And that's what we've done with the education programs. But I think also tied in with that is getting the owners and managers to realize that they do need to build a culture of quality and, and leadership. And, and they bought into that and it's, uh, it, it's brought us a long way. You've been around precast. I mean, most of your adult life, what, what is that culture that you're trying to build in a facility? How, how do you want to see a new employer think about the place after the first day or week or month? 
want them to be really proud, really proud of the product that they're making. Uh, Well-run precast companies have employees who are really proud of, of what they're accomplishing. They keep the plant neat. Uh, they take real pride in, in their workmanship and, and they take pride in being educated. Uh, they, they love going to the schools. They love the fact that the owners and managers have made a commitment to them to spend, send, spend some money, send them to schools. You've got not just across the school, but uh, the, the hotel accommodation and airfare that they made that commitment in them and they take pride in that. I just tell you a little story about pride. We had, uh, this was a number of years ago. I got a call about six months after one of the schools. And this was a guy who had attended the school six months previously. And he just had a very serious accident with his pickup truck. They needed the jaws of life to, to rip him out of the vehicle. And in doing that, they ripped the, pe the, the <laughs> pre-cash shirt that we give them when they pass. And he was so upset, he, he phoned me to see if, if I thought I could get him another one. And that's the pride. That, that, uh, that little shirt is an indication that they've passed the course. And uh, another thing that I do, I make up these little... Uh, I love precast stickers for their hard hats that I give them to put on their hats. And they wear those very proudly. They're very, very proud to have received any education. And I think PQS1 is what most of them have started with. But uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of the owners and the managers who have recognized how important it is to, to send these people to school to get them educated. We didn't used to do that years ago. Yeah, for, for people who aren't maybe familiar with PQS, can you explain to them what PQS is in, in just a nutshell and give them an idea of the importance of it? Yeah, PQS 1 was the, and it's 1 because that was the first production quality school that we, we developed. And it's uh, it covers pretty much everything. It goes right through uh, materials uh, into reinforcing, curing, pre-pour, post-pour, pretty much all the basics of, of what's, what they're going to be exposed to in the plant. And that's a real good starter for them. But what's interesting is we've had, we've had people who have been in the industry 25, 30 years take PQS1 just because they feel they always get something new out of attending these classes. And we've had people who are owners who have just bought a company. I had one guy who bought a company on a Friday, this was a, a separate school that I did my own, but bought the company on Friday and came to school on Saturday. It was, it was producing on Monday. So, and we have people who we had some this year who are just starting out. They're, they're just starting a, their business and they want to learn about concrete. They want to start out doing it right. And I think that's really, that's really something I always preach try to do everything right every day. That's gotta be the objective. Doesn't mean it's gonna happen, there are gonna be mistakes, but try to do everything right every day. And, and we've done that over the years. I'm, I'm really proud of uh, all those guys when, when the master precasters march in, I gotta tell you, I have tears in my eyes because I'm just so proud of all those people who've worked so hard to achieve that. 
I'm proud to say that uh, I'm one of the 6,000 or so people who have passed PQS1. I've, I've got the certificate right next to my desk here at the NPCA office. Um, I, I'm probably never, well, I can say this, I will never advance toward the master precaster uh, diploma that I, that I know you referenced there. But, but I'll tell you, one of the things that really helped me with was there's a lot of lingo, there's a lot of jargon, there's a lot of abbreviations within yeah. the industry. And just knowing what some of those things meant, some of those words that, that you know, people who've been in this their whole lives take for granted, you know, that really helps people get up to speed a little bit quicker and, and know what their coworkers are talking about. No, that's a really good point, Joel. Uh, we have, and, and again, at the school this year, we, we almost always have somebody who's been in the concrete industry for years but not necessarily in precast. So we have people who may have been in ready mix. Uh, maybe they've been uh, working at a block plant. So they're picking up different nuances, different expressions, different definitions uh, when, when they're learning about precast. And so they come to, to, to learn that, to see what the difference is. There's going to be NPCA members out there, maybe are smaller, can't afford right now to, to put their all their new employees through PQS1. But um, what are what are some of the things that they can do in those first few days, that first week, that first month to help their employees sort of, you know, learn the job a little bit quicker? Some of the some of the unspoken things, as we say, the the unwritten rules of of precast. Well, I I think it's just taking the time with the new employee. Often, as, as you mentioned at the beginning of this, that uh, and more so in the old days than now, but still happens now where you bring somebody in and, and in an hour he's on the job doing what the guy who he's replacing tells him to do. So there we, we always start out or almost always start out when you're putting in new equipment, for example, uh, with people knowing what they're doing because they've been well instructed by the supplier. But then that person leaves uh, his job or is promoted to another position. He and he is supposed to train his replacement, who then replaces his replacement. By the time you get through a couple of replacements, uh, they're not doing things properly. So it, it really is important, I think, when you get a new employee, just to spend the time. Don't just throw them out into the plant or her. Spend the time. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise they're not going to come back. Our industry is a tough one as it is. And uh, I'm sure anybody listening to this will is aware how difficult it is to get not just employees, but good employees. I mean, you hear stories all the time of uh, employee coming in one day and maybe working two or three days and never shows up, not even coming for the paycheck. Uh, and those aren't the kind of people we want. But it's a tough industry, so I think it really, it really pays to spend some time with the new employee when they come in. And patience, as you said, that's it. Spend a couple of days with them, train them properly, and you're going to benefit from it. Doesn't you don't save any money by going through person after person after person. Training's not cheap. I think it's something Ron Sparks, uh, former NPCA chairman, told me, and it might this might have even come from you, but. Uh... People who say, you know, I, I can't afford the time and the money to train every person that walks through the door. But his, his response is always, well, can you, can you afford to not have them trained? 
Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Right, I've known Ron for years. In fact, I've done a couple uh, private schools for for him at his plants. Uh, but that's that's right. We you go into plants where they say we don't have a QC person or we can't afford one. Uh, there was one of the companies, and I don't know if I should be mentioning companies who I think is doing a pretty good job down in the Kansas City area. He, when we discussed that when I was there, uh, while I was while I was sick, uh, when I got beyond the isolation period, he took me out to his plant, and he now has six QC people. There's somebody who recognizes the importance. Start out with one and really wondered whether there was going to be value in having more. Well, that's what I like to see is that's a commitment from management. QC is is worth its weight in gold to you. And we don't always pay enough attention to that. I think that's the most important position in the plan, really. You've been advising and instructing for decades now. And uh, there's, there's new generations that come through every 20 or 30 years. I'm I'm probably a member of Gen X and my older sister's a, a younger boomer. And then there's the millennials and the Gen Z's behind them that my children are. Do you talk to people differently or do you do you find that usually the same message gets through and how you deliver it and it's more about the rapport? Yeah, I, I think the latter. I'm I'm uh, I'm very casual and I love I love working with the new people coming into this industry and I enjoy working with those have been around for a long time. Uh, no, I just, I, I really, really, really enjoy it. And I get, uh, as I said, I take pride in seeing these people when they do learn, whether it's a master precaster or just working with somebody in the plant and helping them to resolve their issues. And I've got my beam, of course. I, <laughs> that beam that I use in my reinforcing, I've had for, I guess, about 30 years. And I can be walking somewhere with that, and I'll hear somebody holler, "Hey, Mel!" They don't don't see me, but they see the beam. They know that I must be in the other end of it. But yeah, I I, I think I, I'm really encouraged by the young people that we've got coming in. I think we need we need more younger people, and and I think what keeps them is educating them properly, them seeing a commitment from the ownership that they really want these people in their plants. They're not just out there to do a job and go home. They want somebody uh, They that those people want to be shown that they're cared for, that they're wanted by the ownership. And I think we're seeing more and more of that. We've got some great young people coming in, guys and gals. I, I just love it. I love them. And I think a great piece of advice um, with my limited experience too, I, I tell people, you know, no matter what kind of mentorship role you're in, whether you're you're charged with talking to the new employees there, or you know you're coaching your local little league team, you, you got to be yourself. You're you're not going to be Mel Marshall. You're not going to be, you know, pick pick your favorite. You're not going to be Tony Larusa. You're not going to be anything like that. You 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 got to be you, and and that generally that genuineness comes across to people too. No, I I'm just I'm what you see. I do this because I absolutely love it. I'm 84 and people say, when are you going to retire? I say, well, my ashes are floating in the ocean. If you love it, don't leave it. I, I really love this. I love our industry, love the people in it. And I, I'm really excited 
about all the young ones who are coming in now. It's fantastic. But we got to keep them. And the way we're going to keep them is we have to let them feel that they're important and give them the support that they need. Don't just throw them out the plant and say, you know, do that job. You got to teach them properly and and then go around and, and appreciate them. Thank them for what they're doing. Pretty basic stuff, I think. And I think that, that nowadays that's even more important for the younger people because they've got so many options about where they can go and make a lot of money. And ours is, ours is a tough industry, but boy, it's a lot of fun. And I'm always telling the guys in school, you're just going to love your, the choice you've made. I like that advice, Mel. It, those were things that you brought up that take nothing but time and your attention, you know, and, and people yeah. really appreciate that personal touch. Hey, Mel, that was great. Thanks for taking your time and talking with me today. We're going to come back in a little bit, talk with Claude and Marty, who are instrumental in developing the NPCN boarding program, and dive a little bit into how that came about. Hiring, training, and retaining employees is a major challenge for every industry, including precast. MPCA is giving you the tools to meet the challenge head-on with an exciting new program designed to give your new hires a head start. With MPCA's onboarding program, you can introduce new employees to your organization's expectations, behaviors, and culture while providing training and motivation for them to become a productive member of the team. To learn more, visit precast.org backslash onboarding and take the first step toward moving from employee seeker to employee keeper. Hi, this is Claude Gauguin with the National Precast Concrete Association. I'm the Director of Technical Education and Outreach, and I'm sitting here today with uh, Marty Harrell, the Vice President of Education and Workforce. And today, we're going to talk about onboarding, which for me was a topic or a term that I really wasn't familiar with a couple of years ago. You know, I was aware of boarding. I was aware of pre-boarding, like you do <laughs> at the airport. I uh, wasn't aware of onboarding. Uh, and really, the, the first time I learned about the term was, was here. When you and I had a conversation about it, we were talking uh, in your office, and you said, hey, how would you feel about working on a project uh, for the members for onboarding? And uh the idea sounded great, and we went from there. Do you remember that meeting? I do, I do. And so, yeah, we were uh, we got into that conversation because the members kept talking about that their single biggest issue was um, finding and retaining employees, and they were looking to us as the National Association to provide them some assistance and guidance. And it's no secret in today's world that the labor market is a challenge for any industry, uh, but particularly when you get into manufacturing and construction um, and then down into precast, it, it gets tighter and tighter. And so the conversation that you and I had was, you know, how do you if you go through the trouble of getting people to come in and apply and then you get lucky enough that some of those pass your drug tests and your background checks and the reference checks and they actually show up the first day. Um, you want to keep those people. The last thing that you want is for them to. Um, not feel comfortable, not feel connected to your organization and then leave in two days because then you got to start right back over. So the conversation that we had at the time was, you know, what can we do to provide some tools to help members um, build those connections over time with those uh, new employees? And so I know you got really excited and passionate about it. And then uh, we started talking to the education committee and they got really excited and passionate about it. Um, so that was, it was, it was a cool, uh, genesis of the project and we've spent probably the past 18 months or so working yeah, on it. Absolutely. Um, 
But what one of the things I remember you talking about was, um, you know, some of the onboarding experiences that you've had um, in the past, both good and bad. <laughs> and um, so I, I'm curious which of those kind of jump out to you. And Well, I remember when I first uh, went to work for a precast company uh, back in 1995 or so. And my first day on the job and my boss showed me the office, which wasn't very big. It was in a, in a mobile home, basically. That's where our office was. And we, uh, he just said, there's your desk. Uh, I didn't have a, I didn't even have a computer at that time, but here's your desk. Uh, and, uh, you know, office supplies are over here and, uh, good luck. you know, good luck. Right. And, uh, this was not only a new job or a new town or a new state. It was a new country for me. Uh, you know, so, but you know, same language, but still unfamiliar territory. And I remember just being very, um, very anxious those first few days not knowing if I was doing the right thing because everybody else was busy like it is in precast. You know, it's, it's hard to just stop and focus on a new employee. You know, when you're in the midst of, of of manufacturing and selling and troubleshooting and, you know, the, the job's not going to stop, you know, the, the, the demand's not going to stop and wait for you to properly train new employees. And that was the situation with my job. So when we when I became more familiar with the topic of onboarding, I then started talking to other precasters about it. And yeah, and I would hear those stories about they would hire somebody, they would put in the resources to go through, like you said, the paperwork, the, the upfront processes, uh, getting them set up with PPE and things like that. And they show up on their first day. And I remember somebody telling me a story that uh, by lunchtime, they couldn't find this new employee. And somebody says, the last time I saw him, he was heading for the bathroom, and which is not a problem, but evidently he was heading for his bathroom. And, uh, and so he had left that day, that morning. And it makes you think, well, what could, have, what could have brought about that quick of departure? And I think when I bring that up to other precasters, they, they seem to relate to that. Yeah, that's happened to us too. So I think some people get that, sh- that initial shock of what this job involves they may not be ready for it. You know, everything up to that point has been front office and, and up to that. And perhaps they weren't introduced to the whole thing. Sure. And well, you're putting your best foot forward, like on a date. And so you don't know <laughs> that the back of the house is going to be dirty and hard work and it's hot or cold. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, that's a very good analogy. So, you know, you have to, it, it, it sort of, it sort of put a spotlight on how important it is to be transparent or, or just give a lot of information up front about this is what the job's going to be. Uh, you may get a little dirty at times, you know, and, and uh, um, so that really helped us in terms of when we started to develop the outline for this, you know, what kind of things would we want to show applicants or new employees so that they get a better idea of what they're getting into. So what about you? What did, do you have an experience in uh, sometime in your career with good or Not so good onboarding? Um, Back in a a former life, I used to work for a credit union, and I was exclusively responsible for training all of the new employees. And I had a um, seven-day, eight-hour-day training process at everybody, whether it was a teller, whether it was a janitor, whether it was the new CFO, um, went through. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed making those connections with those people over time. Um, But the one story that always sticks out to me is I had a teller who, she was um, a little bit older, and not really familiar with computers. So when we were working on some of just the banking systems and how to do deposits and withdraws, she was clearly lost. 
And the rest of the class was, um, you know, people in their 20s, much more familiar with com- and comfortable with technology. And she came to me in the second or third day and said, I have to quit. I, I can't do this. She was in tears. I said, tell you what, I said, you give me two hours tomorrow morning. I said, I'll meet you here at 6 a.m. We will sit down on this computer. And I said, if you, if you can't get it after that, you can quit. And she met me the next day and we spent two hours alone um, on her time and on my time uh, going through the, the computer system. And she just had never been shown really how to use the basic computer skills. And um, when we were done, she got to the rest of the class and she came to me the last day and she was so proud of herself. She, the amount of pride she had in that, um, that moment and that skill that she had learned, it, it wasn't just a skill that she learned for that job and that, um, that teller position. It was a life-changing skill for her. And it was two hours of my time. Mm-hmm. And I would do that all day, every day. And so that kind of, um, that sparked my passion for adult learning and education. And so I see that carry over into when we're working with, um, you know, PQS students and you have somebody who maybe struggles with um, literacy or maybe a computer skill and you take a few minutes. And I know, Claude, you do this all the time. I know you've spent Saturday afternoons on the phone with somebody uh, working through PQS2 technical uh, formulas and, and just that passion for if, you know, if somebody will just take a couple hours and of their time to give it to you, it, it doesn't just change that moment. It, it really can change their life. And um, you know, not in a um, over-the-top kind of way, but when they get a skill that they didn't think they had or they could ever get, that's really cool to be part of. It is. I, I completely understand that. And it's a great moment. Sometimes it can just come about by when you're trying to explain something technical to somebody and you break it down into, into something they can understand and then finally it clicks and you can see it in their eyes and it clicks and they can associate the reason they do something they can associate it to a concept that has to do with the structure's durability or its performance, and they'll remember that for the rest of their life. And I've had students, people come back years later and say, I still remember when we went through this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's great. And what, what that does is that's very valuable to somebody who's got some anxiety, who's starting brand new with a job, especially if they're, they don't have any experience in precast manufacturing or manufacturing in general. It's having that person or that ability for somebody to take a moment and do that. And for me, when I worked, going back to my precast job, there was a, a gentleman there, Jimmy, his name was. He, he had worked there for many, many years. I think he, he had been there 50 years by the time I got there. And after a few days, he sort of took me under his wing. And so he was a, he was a mentor for me, really, uh, for many years. And that was so helpful. And so I can see how this program... Um, could you know could encourage users to assign mentors, use those different generations within the plant to help each other, right? So, for, for example, the, the older workers, the the baby boomers, if you will, they they have so much experience. They're not tech savvy. They may not be as tech savvy as the young folks, but they have so much experience to offer. They have so many stories to tell, mm-hmm. and they love to do that. They love to. Uh, if you can pair them up or pair an, an older, you know, somebody who's been long there longer with a incoming employee, um, that allows, and then the incoming employee can in turn really teach them things as well, perhaps teach them how to use an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. So it goes both ways, and I see this working so well in a lot of, of manufacturing environments. Um, and also, I'm just passionate in general about education, you know, just mm-hmm. educating 
the more our industry gets educated, the better we become. And the earlier workers get educated, the more they, they get entrenched, I guess, mm -hmm. in the company. They get more invested. Yeah. They get invested and suddenly there's a loyalty is not what it used to be. So, you know, right. loyalty back in the day used to just be it was part of the job. You were loyal to your company. Now you've got to earn that loyalty a little more. And when you educate and train your employees, they start developing that. Wow, they're taking the time right. to train me. I think to your point that um, it, it is people today want to feel invested. You know, that's as an, an employee, you want an employer who's going to invest in you and bring you on and hearkening back a little bit to something you said earlier, you know, people have to know why they're doing something. And um, in, in adult education, one of the things that's just paramount is you have to explain what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. So at any time, and I know you're so good at this when you um, talk about connecting the dots is, yeah, you can explain why it's important to have a water cement ratio of X, but where it matters is you have to explain and make sure that the employees on the production line understand that if you don't have X, that is gonna cause these three problems, and then that's gonna cause you these four problems. Mm -hmm. um, and so that what's in it for me is really important for adult learners because if they don't have a reason to care, then you're less likely to get that information through to them. So um, I know that's always been something that you, you do really well to connect the experience with the facts and help them understand why it is that they, um, they should care and they need to care. They need to care, yeah, that's so true with these newer, these younger generations because they, they want they want they'll ask why a lot more than than older generations. So they're going to want to know why they're doing what they're doing, not just right down to the technical detail of why is this a point, some some water cement ratio, but why do we do what we do? What's our what's our mission as as a as a manufacturer? How do we benefit society? Things like that. So you it goes from well we make septic tanks, which is true, but we also protect the environment by providing structures for wastewater treatment industry and that takes a little longer to say but it's you know it may be something that we have to transition to um in order to fulfill what what younger workers are right, for. Right. what is our purpose yeah and, and you're providing clean water for the community which mm -hmm. uh, these days younger workers are more concerned about sustainability and the environment and so making that connection of the full circle absolutely is important so when this came about, this so we we had this meeting, we talked about it, and we started laying this out. And I remember, you know, we, we, it was basically uncharted territory. Uh, everything in terms of workforce development had been really focused on recruiting, and this was a little different. Mm -hmm. How was the? I can't remember how the committee was involved. I mean, the education committee. Um, you know, so we we first, I guess, presented an outline. We pitched the idea to them, presented an outline, and and. Uh, and how did it go from there? Yeah, so um, I know on staff we talked about it from the need perspective that we kept hearing from members is, you know, we need um, folks to work in our industry. And so to your point, you know, yeah, re recruiting is one thing, but if you recruit them and they don't stay, you've lost an opportunity. So um, as we were developing it and talking to the education committee and, and a number of members, um, it was what do they do in their companies or don't do? Uh, that help people feel connected uh, right from the get-go. And one of the things that um, I know that you talked a little bit about is not just onboarding um, from day one, because I know a lot of companies may, okay, you get an offer letter and say, all right, Joe Schmo, you start on uh, Monday and we'll see you then. And you've talked about reaching out even ahead of time 
um, and building, you know, a couple of emails. So, you know, here's what to expect your first day. And, you know, we'll take you to lunch and make sure you wear this kind of um, attire so that way you're safe in the plant. It really does go a long way to, to help folks. And so we walked through that process um, with the education committee of if you were truly brand new to this industry and knew nothing, what is it that would be helpful for you to hear during the interview process, um, once you're hired, but you haven't started, and then the first couple of days, and then as that progresses over time, to really make you feel connected and that you understand where you fit in the, the big picture. Um, so the, the education committee was really key in helping develop a lot of that vision and, and the um, practical day-to-day -day applications of that. Um, so it was, it was a really nice partnership between the education committee and just a number of, of members in the industry to share what's worked and, and people were kind enough to share what didn't work. And sometimes we can learn a lot from that. And um, that was helpful in developing the content. Um, but I know that, you know, one of the things that we did a little differently as we were developing this is there's, there's lots of information out there online about onboarding, but it seems, at least in my research, that it's very corporate focused. Um, and yeah, being onboarded to Google is probably a fantastic experience, but that's a lot different than being onboarded into a precast concrete plant or even an associate member's uh, organization. So, uh, you know, Claude, how did you work with the education committee to make it feel more apropos to, you know, the folks that are in our industry and what they experience versus maybe being onboarded at Microsoft or Google? Right. Yeah, that that was I realized quickly that there was lots of resources. There were books and there were webinars and things on, on the topic of onboarding. Uh, but a lot of it was corporate. Now, there was some for manufacturing, but even the manufacturing was different. Uh, it was manufacturing. Uh, it was a different type of manufacturing. So when it came to getting right down to the core, we want, I think the education committee was very focused and we were focused to make sure that this was going to be not just, you know, not just some generalized onboarding, it was going to be made for precast mm -hmm. for this industry. And uh, and we would pull from the experience of actual precasters, people in the industry, uh, to base the, the development and the outline of this of this course. And that worked out very well. For example, just even in developing, you know, a lot of this we we sort of we had a general outline, a general idea of what we were doing. And then as we started creating the content and having the education committee review it, things would come to light and a light would come on and go, oh yeah, that's right, we need to, you know, because my experience in, in teaching people in precast is that there are people that are already in precast. So I would use terms or I would teach in such a way that some people would send the feedback on the video and say, I don't think a new person would understand this and I don't think a new person would understand that. And every time I, you're right. No, a new person wouldn't understand. So it it forced me as as a you know developing this uh, the, the recordings of the uh, educational sessions to look at it from a completely different perspective. So that's when we started. I remember at, at that point the education committee would would continue to review it, but we even started recruiting people here in the office that had never worked a day. You know, even though they worked for a concrete association. They never worked a day in a precast plant, and we had them watch it because that was actually closer to our demographic than people on the education committee. And for us, I really needed somebody to say, are you going to understand this if you had to go work for a precast plant tomorrow? So that was real helpful. And these are things that we learned 
uh, as we went along. Was there something that really jumped out and surprised you um, when you were going through the process of onboarding um, and the research that that you didn't expect or you thought, oh my gosh, I, I should have thought about that as a, you know, for a new person and just, it was brand new information, even though you've been in the concrete industry for 50, 60 years? 50 to 60 years. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, so, but uh, yeah, one thing I learned as, as we were going through this is just the generational differences between uh, the baby boomers, the Gen X, which are generally, you know, between 60, 19, 65 and, and uh, the mid-80s, uh, millennials or mid-80s to mid-90s, and then Gen Z is after 1996, generally. And the differences in the motivations and the aspirations of these groups was really mind-blowing and, and eye-opening uh, in terms of, wow, you know, some people were, are, are, are very motivated by growth and money while others are motivated more by having flexibility and uh, having transparency and, and things like that. So that was that was huge. The other thing is, is just as, as we started developing the actual video content, um, you know, because it's it's sort of it's divided into three sections. There's one that's introductory, which introduces the person to the concrete industry, kind of as a general, yay, precast is amazing. And then right down to day in the life of a precaster, which, by the way, was a lot of fun to, to develop. That video was probably my favorite. And then it goes into a development phase where they've been there for a little while. They want to learn more about quality control and safety and precast. And then finally into role-based where we're breaking down actual tasks like applying form release and tying rebar and, and putting stuff in the yard. When, we, when I started working on those specific tasks... It was, um, it was very rewarding, and it's good information, not only for the onboarding course, but I can see a lot of other applications for it beyond it because it's, it's very specific to a precast task and shouldn't just be for new employees. I mean, it's going to be great for new employees, but it, uh, it would also be great for anybody in the plant who's changing jobs or maybe, you know, you could use that content to just train folks on how to do something, uh, even though they've been doing it, but just, you know, helping to reinforce certain certain concepts of it. So, Claude, going back to your, your comment about generations, um, I know one of the things that we've seen when we talk about generational differences, um, and this, this isn't picking on any particular generation because all the generations work differently. However, um, some of the studies have shown that uh, the baby boomers are more likely to have a negative view of maybe the Gen Z and the millennials. And the issue is, is that the younger generations are very much aware of it. And so what happens, and we've seen there's studies, there's articles, uh, and we've seen it in some precast plans where a younger uh, person comes into work for a company that has particularly been dominated by the baby boomer, boomer generation and they will make it uh, no secret that they're frustrated with that person's style of work. And, um, you know, I think there's some misconceptions that some of the younger generations aren't hard workers. And when you do the, the research, that's not the case. They just work differently and they value different rewards, such as the flexibility um, to maybe work remotely if it's a, an office position or maybe work four days a week. So they have a three day, um, three days off a week. So it's just a different way of thinking. And it's important, I think, that um, all the generations recognize that there's pros and cons to each generation. 
And, um, you know, working within that to everybody's strengths is important and not focusing necessarily on the, the negatives. Right. But, but with that, you know, I know with the onboarding, we've, we've tried to create something that everybody can use and is applicable to all of our members. But I know we also worked with the education committee to, to make sure it was flexible. And so, you know, talking about generations and then you also get into just different um, workforce availability, depending on where you are in the country and then your needs based on what kind of manufacturer you are. How exactly did the education committee accomplish something that was flexible, um, but yet still broad enough that it applied to everybody? Yeah, that was that was a challenge for sure. So we have such a diverse membership, not just even the precast manufacturing. I know this is primarily what this is aimed at, but just gen- in our general membership, our associates, a lot of them are manufacturers. And, um, you know, so, but we focused on precast, but even within the precast industry, just a lot of different products, a lot of different processes, some produce outside, inside. But we wanted to just, we kept it as general as we could, that we knew that this would be applicable in most situations, uh, but also to leave the door open for the user to add their own content or to make it theirs. And that's going to be key to make this program successful for anybody. Um, you know, we, we all, for example, we all carry uh, amazing video cameras in our pockets. If you think about, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you had to go buy a video camera. And, you know, we have these, this amazing equipment at our disposal, amazing technology. Not all of us know how to use it, and I, and I understand that. But uh, one of the things we made sure of that we provided in this guide was to let people know how do you film content with an iPhone or a Samsung or whatever smartphone you have. Make sure you do it in landscape, like simple things like that. And, you know, watch for your lighting and the noise. But you could, you could very simply go through and do your own tour of the plant or have a, have a specific manufacturing process filmed that you do that's not covered in that video and take that film it and then convert it to a a form that somebody could watch and we take people through that through those steps in the guide you know these are good editing softwares these ones are free these ones cost but you know they're going to be you're going to be able to do more with it and we take them through those steps in hopefully being able to do it themselves or sometimes we just encourage them to Go ahead and hire your granddaughter, grandson, nephew, the person who's a little more tech savvy that's doing it every day uh, with with ease. Um, but yeah, those kinds of things um, are very, very important. I know it, it can be it can be somewhat challenging. We also provided uh, a glossary of terms, which wasn't in the original outline, but kind of came about. I forget we were having discussions. You know, we we had a lot of meetings about this, and at some point. We realize that it can be a little, it, it can be daunting for somebody new in the industry when they come in and we're, we're, we're throwing out all these, these terms. One of the simple ones I can think about is, well, today we're going to pour three yards of concrete. I remember myself hearing that for the first time and going, isn't yards a length? What are we doing? Are we pouring like, uh, you know, three actual yards of, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, it's, it's a, it's the, the parlance that we use in the industry to talk about cubic yards. Obviously, it's a volume, and but we included that in this glossary that can be handed to somebody or, or transferred uh, electronically so that they can look up these terms and not have to ask people. Well, you, you know, can, you know, cement and concrete. That's, cement. 
that's day that's day 101 and uh yeah that's sometimes people, we assume that everybody knows and they don't right so where do you see this going, you know, in the future? It's um, it sounds like we've got some opportunities to grow. And what do you think uh, the education committee is thinking down the road? Well, it's going to be very interesting to hear uh, about how the, the first users are going to react. You know, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to their feedback, uh, very much looking forward to how this is going to be used. Uh, I know that whenever I mention it to people, when I see them at the show or on the phone, uh, a lot of them would follow up with me and say, is this ready yet? Is this ready yet? It seems like it, there's a there's definitely a need for it, and we're excited to see where it'll go. And I think what the Education Committee is committed to continuing to evolve this. You know, this is our first draft, if you will. Um, the videos are very, you know, we filmed the videos. A lot of the videos are filmed on an iPhone. So it's not like there's, we didn't put a lot of production into this because we wanted it to look as raw and there's kind of a value to that you know having that raw footage rather than having something polished and uh you know with effects and music uh it's still very uh, effective in its delivery but it's a little raw it's authentic and it's authentic exactly and you know what i think about is in this day and age where people like gen z's they they're, they're the first true digital natives they've never been a, you know they were born in this world where you could if you didn't know how to change a tire, you can look on YouTube to find out. So that's, that's the, I think, the way to keep our, our workforce engaged and interested and um, uh, is to provide them with that immediate, immediate access to information. And they can do that through their companies. The companies can offer that to them in videos or whatever. And I, I think this will help. And I think it'll evolve that way as we start getting feedback on, uh, on what we should do for version 2.0 and beyond. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited as well. And um, so, you know, for, for folks who are using it and uh, let us know what you think and, and we're open to ideas and there's, there's just a world of opportunity for us to add to this um, and make it more than just onboarding. Um, it can grow over time. So definitely keep those ideas coming and flowing to staff or the education committee. And uh, we can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I want to thank you for listening and thanks to everybody who helped us put this podcast together today. Our producer is Heather Bremer. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and like us wherever you download your podcast because that's going to help us reach more people. Take care and we'll see you next time on Breaking the Mold.